The Auburn Tigers relied on a, a strong push at the start of the second half, and it wasn't enough as it came to fouls and free throws at the end. I'm Zach Blackerby. He is Daryl Daprich, and this is a special live postcast edition of Locked on Auburn. The Auburn Tigers fall on the road against Alabama 79 to 75. And really, like the way the first half went, Daryl, I'm surprised it was as close as it was. So props to this team for not giving up props to this team for fighting through it. But that was, that was not the Auburn basketball team that we've watched over the last month. It just wasn't. Yeah. You know, there's going to be the tendency for some people to overreact to this. And I want to make sure that we keep this in perspective. You know, it's a game that Auburn goes on the road against a, a good team, a tournament type team and loses. You cannot sustain you're 16 and 2, 5 and 0 oh in the conference. Tennessee's already lost, Kentucky's already lost. Basketball's got a lot of games, a lot of conference games. To think that you're not going to have some bumps in the road. It's just painful for Auburn fans because it's against Alabama. But the fact is Auburn didn't play well at all and Alabama played really well, especially shooting the basketball and you lose by 4 on the road turning it over like you did and letting Alabama shoot the three, which was the formula that you absolutely could not have happen. And Auburn still almost comes back and wins the basketball game. Sure. I mean, again, I I just, I'm looking big picture here. I still love this team. I still think that, you know, through the course of 18 SEC games, if you go 15 and three, that's phenomenal. That's the first loss. So you're going to lose some games along the way. They lost a game that, again, they didn't play well defensively like they normally do. They turned it over too much. They got out-rebounded. Mm-hmm. And despite all that, and despite Alabama playing really well, you know they, they were right there at the end. I would suspect, and I know me and you kind of talked about this off-air and disagree, I think it's going to be a completely different deal uh, when Alabama comes to Neville Arena with the way Auburn plays at home. And it is. You just take so. your loss and, and move on. I mean, you just, you, just so. yep. you don't want this to carry over is basically what you got to say. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and there were moments where like personnel decisions didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I thought we would see more of Trey Donaldson in this, um, in this type of environment. Aiden Holloway at times looked a little uncomfortable, which I don't blame him. He's a true freshman. You got to deal with some of that, but I just, um, I expected at times in the second half of them to go to Janiah Broom. You saw him begging for the basketball, posting up down low, and I don't know why you wouldn't have done that more often. I know we wanted the three ball to fall, but I just don't think there's an excuse at that at any point to go five of twenty-five from deep. Like that, you got to adjust, especially when I think you were pretty effective down low with what Dylan Cardwell and what Janiah Broom were able to do. I mean, Janai Broom was the only real source of offense. 11 of 17, 25 points. Chad Baker Mazzara was 3 of 8 for 11. And, I mean, obviously two of those were those final three uh, free throws that he um, that he shot with the chance to tie it up there. But this is just a bad offensive game. And y- you hope, you hope they, uh, they can get a chance to avenge this. Um, is it like two weeks from now when, mm-hmm. when, when Alabama comes? comes to Neville. Well, yeah. one of Auburn's strengths has been its depth. And I thought that late in the game when Auburn got close, I thought, here we go. The depth's going to make a difference. It's going to wear Alabama down and Auburn is going to take the lead. And they they didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Alabama, Alabama left its core on the floor and 
from a fouling standpoint and shooting free throws, that kind of thing. I think the legs got a little bit tired with Alabama. You didn't see them shoot the ball in the second half as well as they did in the first as far as threes. They ended up in the 30, in the high 30s. Look, we've talked about what a difference maker Jalen Williams has been all year. And in games yeah. like this, you need your best players to show up. And and I, I'm not – he didn't, okay? I'm just stating fact. Jalen Williams it just did not play his typical – Three of nine, Williams. seven points. Seven points. You got to get a little more out of him. And then guard play. If if you want to go anywhere in college basketball in the postseason, you cannot as, – as dynamic as this front court is – with Williams and Broom, and we saw Broom just go to another level tonight. You yeah, still great. need guard play to advance, and Auburn got poor guard play. I mean, Holloway, MIA. You know, Katie Johnson came off the bench, did some things, but also did some Katie things from last year. Uh, Denver Jones hit, had nine points, thought he played solid, and Trey Donaldson in the second half was a spark. I mean, he was really mm-hmm. – but the point guard, your starting point guard's got to give you more than what Aiden Holloway gave you. Oh, for seven. Not great. That that's that can't happen. And especially when Alabama's guards were couldn't miss. You know, mm-hmm. the 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 advantage that Auburn had down low with Broom, I just felt like Auburn didn't take advantage of it as much because they were still trying to get their guards going. And look, Bruce Pearl has a rotation that he is stubborn and will not come out of. This is a game that I felt like he probably should have shortened the bench a little bit and gave some guys less minutes, and he didn't. And there was a stretch there where certain guys were on the floor, and that second wave didn't get it done. In fact, they gave away a lot of points. Yeah. So, look, law of averages, dude. It, sooner or later, you know, Auburn was going to have a game. I, I guess I'm trying to look. I'm not, you know, I'm not being a sunshine pumper. I'm just looking big picture, and I'm saying – that's just probably as poor of a half as you've seen Auburn play in a very long time. All the things that they've been doing to this point in the year, they didn't do. And it was a two-point game with under a minute to go on the road with Alabama, again, shooting it for a long time about as well as they could. So, you know, no one's undefeated in the conference. Auburn's still in first place. Now, what you don't want this to do is become a two-loss loss meaning sure. you don't want this to carry over. And Saturday's a tough matchup. I mean, well, Mississippi State's just doesn't match up well with Auburn. So you hope they can bounce back. And I, not have I, I this think they lingering. do, actually. Yeah. I, I feel good about it. And we'll, we'll talk about Mississippi State in a bit, but I actually feel pretty decent about especially after this loss. I actually feel weirdly better about Saturday. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Saturday in a second. We'll talk about Saturday in a second. Folks, ask about Daryl, the, the light show. Stay tuned to the end, and we will tell you what all yes. went down um, with, with, with that last um, last time we went live. Yeah, I mean, just the, the guard play shooting. I mean, Aiden Holloway, 0 for 7. Denver Jones, 3 for 8, which is actually better than he has been over the stretch. KD, 3 for 7. Trey Donaldson, 3 for 5. Um, Chaney Johnson, 0 for 1. Leor Berman, 0 for 2. I mean, it's it just, it, it didn't fall. It didn't fall. So, you... you you talk about wanting to look at this and approach it from a big picture point of view. And I, I think that is the correct way to look at this. College basketball is more of a season. It's more of a marathon, not a sprint. I, I do think big picture, you've got to ask yourself the question now. Auburn now, I assume this was a quad one situation. I don't know what Alabama's net was, but they're top 10 in Ken Palm. You're now 0-3 in quad one opportunities, in quad one games. And at some point, 
some point you need to you need to beat a good team. And you can only control that so much based off of the SEC being a little bit down, and they'll get the opportunity to play Kentucky and Tennessee um, before the season ends. But I, I'm a little concerned over that. I'm not hitting a panic button or anything like that, but oh, you're 0 for 3 and you're, you're – toughest three opponents like I don't think that's great yeah you know th- th- that's not great I mean you especially when you're a team that's ranked in the top 10 and where that comes back come will come back to bite you at the end of the year if Auburn doesn't have more quad one wins than losses and they still have a great opportunity to, to accomplish that but if they don't it could drop you a seed line or two um, and that's where you got to be careful I just think Again, Arkansas, USC, Indiana, Texas A&M, all these games that look like potential quad ones, Auburn can't help it that those teams haven't held their end of the bargain and is kind of underachieved. Baylor was a game to kick off the season. I feel like Auburn should have won. The App State game, they came out dead, sleepwalking. And then this game, again, you you, you dig yourself a 14-point hole and get subpar guard play. Auburn took the lead 58 57 at one point had it tied under eight minutes I, Dude, they, they took the lead daryl and then they just started doing some weird it looked like things. the beginning of the game where they were just out of control and playing too fast and making weird decisions it's like you crawled out of this massive hole that you dug yourself into and then you reverted back to digging yourself back into a hole and that's when there's got to be somebody on this team and it should be jalen williams that says y'all Chill out. We're better than them. Pound for pound. Let's slow down. We, we've we taken the lead despite being down 14 points at the half. And if it's not Jalen Williams, it needs to be a Chad Baker Mazzara or a Janai Broom or a Dylan Cardwell. Someone has to do something about it when the game is just flowing way too fast for these Auburn Tigers. And that it doesn't appear doesn't appear that anybody did that. I think that in oppor- in games like this, it's it's definitely lost opportunities if you don't learn something from the loss. Mm-hmm. And Auburn is in such a good position still to have a really special season that these are the kind of games. And again, it's against Alabama, so you go, you know, crap. But these are the kind of I fully expect Auburn to 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 learn from this, to still go on and and have some big wins down the stretch. A lot to to play for. And I'm not concerned with the fact that they lost to an Alabama. I still think, you know, like you just said, Auburn's in my opinion, a a better basketball team than Alabama. It took everything Alabama had and Auburn playing poor and lights going out in a poverty gymnasium to, to, to win that game by four. What's going to happen at Neville. I don't think, I think Auburn wins double digits. I just do. Mm -hmm. And I think that Auburn basically, learns from this and says, okay, yeah. wh- what do we need to do as far as maybe rotation or whatever whatever it is? I, there's still a lot of things that I feel really positive about this basketball team, and especially in this in this matchup. I do think they're better, and I just think it was a situation of Auburn playing on the road and getting a, running into a hot shooting Alabama team, period. Yeah. Yeah, seeing a lot of people complain about um, two things, and I want to discuss those. In just a second, Daryl, today's show is brought to you 
by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best place to buy tickets, whether it's for a concert, for a game, for a play, comedy, whatever it is. Game Time has you covered. I use Game Time for all the live events that we go to. Daryl, you use Game Time as well. You've pointed out that you love that you can see the venue from your seat. That's really yep. big for concerts. I know you bought some concert tickets not too long ago, but Game Time, we are big supporters of uh, of the Game Time app. I love it, and I love the fact that it's just right there. It gives you seat selection, and as you yep. mentioned, the virtual seating is a big, big feature that I love. Yep, so uh, head over to Game Time today. It's a free app. When you make um, when you make the app, use promo code Locked On for uh, for twenty dollars off. Once again, that is promo code Locked On with the free Game Time app. You get twenty dollars off. A lot of Auburn fans seeing it in the live chat, saw it on social media. I'm sure it's everywhere, and wherever Auburn people are communicating, blaming the refs. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I, I actually thought it was okay. I thought it was bad, but I actually thought it was bad both ways. Like I'm, I'm shocked that they called that foul on Chad Baker Mazar at the end. That gave us an opportunity to tie. Like that's not why we lost. And if you're doing that, you're not giving Auburn enough credit because this team is really talented and it's way better than what it played tonight. And so let's take some personal responsibility here. Our guys didn't play as good as they're capable of. They didn't play as good as they have for the past month. Auburn lost because they turned the ball over more than they typically do. Auburn lost because they went 5 of 25 from three and were insistent on trying to get it going from deep. Auburn lost because they couldn't make free throws at the end of the game. Like, let's, let's kind of put this into perspective here. Auburn didn't lose because of the refs. Were there some questionable calls? Sure. Sure, there always are. It's college basketball. That's going to happen in literally every game Auburn plays, and it's more noticeable in this one because Auburn has a, they haven't played a close game this season. And so you're going to notice it more. I, I just I, I don't like that attitude. So I look at things as far as officiating, especially on the road. I look at like foul differentials, especially with the way Auburn plays defense. You know, a lot of times their style of defense is going to lend itself to them committing more fouls. It was about as even as you could get with foul. You know, both teams had, I think it was what, one more foul was called on Auburn than Alabama. So you really can't complain there. You can't complain with the Chad Baker Mazzara foul shooting the three. And again, Auburn just didn't lose to Vanderbilt. I mean, they lost to an Alabama team that is top 10 in net. Yes, they're not ranked. They've played a brutal schedule. They've won 14 games. You're playing them at their home court. And and you play a, a game that is not your stop. You, you don't you go away from the formula that's got you to this point, and you still. I'm not into moral victories. I'm not. I'm just into keeping perspective and yeah. saying this is where Auburn is right now. It'll be fine. Pump the brakes. A lot of basketball left. Right. It sucks because of who it was against. Yes. But you have an opportunity in two weeks. When they come to Auburn to rectify that, and all will be forgotten if Auburn takes care of business. Referees had nothing to do with turning the ball over, you know, just self-inflicted turnovers, right, and getting out-rebounded the way Auburn did. That has nothing to do with the officials, and the officials called it pretty consistently poor on both sides. Again, foul differential. I think Auburn had one more foul, so you really can't complain about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was great, and I think they let it get out of hand at times, but. No, you make your shots at what your season average is. You, you win that game when you win it by a few possessions. 
So we'll see what happens um, with that. Because, I mean, Alabama plays better at home. I mean, most teams shoot better at home. They're making such a big deal about that in the first half. It's like, yeah, teams shoot better at home. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a given. And so we'll see what happens when they go um, to Neville Arena in a few weeks. So, all right, let's play our favorite game. What's Auburn's record over the next five? So you go to Mississippi State. You host Vanderbilt. You go to Ole Miss. Then you play Alabama at home. Is that five? No, that's four. And then you go to Florida, which I actually don't love that one either. So over the next five, which is a very tough slate, I think. I think this is a tricky part of the schedule. With that being said, I still think Auburn goes four and one in this stretch. Yeah, I'm leaning a little bit more towards three and two. I, mm -hmm. I just think that the SEC is especially, you know, I, I think you can win this conference with four losses, be 14 and four and, and win, you know, comfortably. So I think that Auburn could go, and this is a really tough stretch. I see three and two in that, in that particular five-game stretch, and you're still okay. You're still yeah. okay because of what everyone else is doing around you. Yep, seeing a lot of 6-0 and and 7-0 and in the chats. So Y'all get it. I absolutely love that this thing has continued into that. 4-1 uh, and one, um, seems, to be, seems to be realistic. All right, people are asking about the timeouts. Bruce Pearl not calling timeouts. What are your thoughts on this? I, I kind of trust Bruce Pearl. Um, I know that's been a thing that, a narrative that's popped up over the last probably two seasons or so is when I really started seeing it. Daryl, I don't have as much of an issue for it just because I think Bruce Pearl's good at what he does. But what are your thoughts on the the timeout usage? You know, I'd like to see him use it more. He's just he's a creature of habit, whether it's his rotations, his loyalty to players that have been there for a while, and his timeout philosophy. I, a lot of times he seems mm -hmm. to just want his team to figure it out on their own and work their way out of it. I just think that sometimes it can stem momentum if you go ahead and call that timeout. And, and kind of regroup. But he feels like with this, the kind of players he has and how they're so capable of making a run so very quickly, calling a timeout may stunt that run. Yeah. It's just a philosophy, especially if you if he turns you over. I don't know. I would have liked to seen two or three more uh, during this game when I was watching it saying, you know, this would be a good spot for a timeout here, reset. Um, but he doesn't. He's stubborn that way. That's his philosophy. Uh, and he sticks to it. Yep. Uh, all right. Any uh, any other thoughts from tonight's game that we haven't really touched on? I mean, my biggest takeaways were guard play and outside of Janai Broom, like who wanted it tonight? It looked like Chad Baker Mazzara wanted it. And that's like the wrong guy to step up, I think, because I think he's got a ceiling somewhat when it comes to production. And it's like, all right, 11 points tonight. That was pretty solid, but I don't know how much more we could have realistically expected from him. Just Jalen dropping just seven is a total bummer because that's kind of the guy that we needed. And you and I talked about it before. Like, if he's going to be in the running for this SC player of the year, you can't do that in the most important matchups. And so, like, that to me, that was a huge. That was probably more of a disappointment because my expectations for Jalen's scoring at this point is higher than what Aiden Holloway's bringing to the table. I would almost say Jalen's seven points or more disappointing than Aiden's two points. I think that uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to me to see the maturation and the progression of Jalen Williams with how he bounces back Saturday. I think that's going to speak volumes 
and really tell the tale of where he is as a player. Because last year there were stretches of the season that he would disappear. If he can go ahead and put this behind him and bounce back and have another monster game on the road Saturday, then that shows real progression and you know just where he's become what he's become as a basketball player. I'm very curious to see how he responds. Responding is yeah. a huge part of somebody that's supposed to be a leader and, and an all-SEC candidate. And so we'll see how he responds. It's going to be interesting. Yep, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, all right. All right. Um, cool. Cool. Daryl, you want to tell people what happened with the lights? I absolutely do. So I appreciate a lot of people reaching out to me and, um, <laughs> you know, being concerned. It warmed my heart. Uh, so here's what happened. Uh, you know, we kept seeing a light show behind us. I thought at one point we thought it was the police. At one point we thought it was somebody in my yard. I thought it was a dude with a miner's helmet on. It was like a serial killer that you watch like those specials on Netflix. I was very concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, not too concerned that I didn't finish the podcast, but appreciate what happened that. was my wife and daughter had some friends over here and they thought it'd be great because they were excited about the old miss win to get behind me in the window and hold up signs like espn game day and we have trees in our front yard and they wanted to roll the trees and be festive and make it like a celebration well they didn't think it through because it's dark and you can't see any of that so they thought it'd be a good idea to shine a flashlight so that the viewers could see but it was set on strobe and it just became Horrible. And the more they saw the the comments of the people in the live chat while they're watching it, the more they felt up. led yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh All I was not a happy guy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Let's t- since so many people are bringing it up, the broadcast, the ESPN broadcast tonight. Mm-hmm. It was insane. It was insane. And I think ESPN disrespected Auburn and Alabama's basketball programs with this. I tweeted about this. These two teams, these two programs have been the best two college basketball programs in the SEC over the last five years. The wins back that up. Titles back that up. But these two teams combined have won the last three SEC regular season titles, I believe. And it's just, it was very disrespectful for them to make it all about football early on. And I get it at the beginning of the part where, you know, the swelling of this basketball rivalry, we needed to do that. We needed to build it up just because of the, you know, the, the passions of the fan bases. But now there's enough history, recent history with this college basketball rivalry. You don't have to artificially make it anymore. And for them to open it up and that's fine. If you want to slant towards the home team, I doubt it's going to be that way in two weeks. Just a hunch. I doubt it's going to be that heavy towards Auburn in two weeks. We'll see. But to come on and have one of these teams quarterbacks and talk about football and all of that, just totally disrespectful to what both Bruce Pearl and Nate Oates have done over the last five seasons. When you are two programs that are trying to fight the narrative that you're only a football school and you're trying to grow basketball and people are are thirsty for it and saying, hey, we want to be known as more than just a football school and this rivalry you know, college basketball, look at the, it's, it's growing. And that's where it's at. When you mentioned the last, you know, three conference champions and then Auburn getting to the final four. Yeah. That, that, that does it a disservice and puts you right back in that stereotype of you're just football crazy. 
And this is just the basketball is a byproduct of that. It was very disrespectful. It's a joke. It, I, here's, here's what I don't like about it. Ohio State-Michigan is a really good football rivalry, and they play a lot of good football up there. You would never see that in a, on a basketball court with Juwan Howard as one coach and you know Ohio State playing Michigan. They would not be interviewing J.J. McCarthy. It's, it just wouldn't happen. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's just, it's ridiculous that they went to that. They, that was a, that was an absolute sellout job to do that. It was insane. Like that had to be an intentional thing. And then they kept it there and they stretched it out. And maybe it wouldn't have been that bad if, if, if Alabama's lights worked, like maybe it wouldn't have been stretched out that much. And maybe they kept them there because they needed to stretch that segment out. But it's become a thing now just to interview people during basketball games. Like if you're just going to do that, like don't do it at the beginning of the game. Like you had so many different ways you could have opened that broadcast. That could have been epic because of what these two basketball programs have done over the last half decade. And that's just, that's what you did. And it, it it's not like it's on sec network or sec network plus, or even ESPN two. This is on the flagship. This is supposed to be the best version of what you should do as a sports broadcasting product. And that's what they rolled out. And I just think that's, I think it's poor. I think it's very, very poor. And um, almost as, yeah, it's just, I think it was awful. I think it was disrespectful. So we'll see. Not just, uh, not just because it was Bama slanted, but it's just, it's a basketball game. People are tuning in for the basketball game. And I don't get why so many people, I don't get why so many people miss that. Do you remember who Jay Williams and ESPN interviewed the last time they when they were in Auburn doing the game? Do you remember who the in-game interview was? What game was that? I, I don't remember. It was maybe maybe it was a Saturday game, and I don't think it was it was um, a conference game, but it was Charles Barkley, and they were talking about going to Hamilton's after the game and all this kind of stuff, and. They were talking okay. basketball, and it was Barkley who was their their guest. I mean, that I get that. It's a basketball game. Talk mm-hmm. to somebody, you know, talk to a basketball person. So I think it was the USC game. Uh, I believe it was the USC game. Um, you know, good memory by the live chat. Spot on. Yeah. So don't have a problem with interviewing a celebrity from that particular school, but I would sure. just like to. St- to, to keep it to the consistent to the sport that's on the floor. And there's a lot of guys, Robert Ory, whatever. I mean, there's dudes that you can interview. But, dude, like, that's not why you turn it on. Like, your job as a play-by-play guy and a color commentator is to call the game. And it's a good game. Like, you don't need fluff for all this. It's not like it's Auburn playing Sanford or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah, it's ESPN. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, look, if anybody that watched the reaction of Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet when Milrow completed that pass, are you absolutely uh, shocked that they went and, and kissed Milrow on the cheek tonight? It's I mean, insane. that's just, to me, it's just more the same of the, it's of insane. the, of the, you know, uh, adulation. All right. Let's, um, let's talk about, let's talk about the light situation and then we'll, we'll put a bow on this. Drop any takes or questions that you have in the live chat. We'll get to them in a second. I don't understand, one, how we're at this point. There's so much money in all of these programs where that's a thing. I've never seen that before. I mean, that was insane. 
And for it to be that long, I mean, that was wild. Um, why was the game allowed to start for one? If that was an, if we we're going to stop it after the first possession. And then so many people are sharing that on social media that like, I don't understand why there wasn't a tech, an administrative tech involved in that. And I, I do wonder, and Bruce Pearl usually starts his presser about the time we get done with this. So we'll probably start any second, but uh, that was just an odd thing. That was just an odd thing. Like why can we just do that? There's no like punishment to that. If you aren't, if you don't have a Coliseum that can handle a division one college basketball game, you know, there, there are rules in effect for that, but it's at the discretion of the referee to enforce that, I guess, or not. I mean, Auburn actually played better when the lights were dim early in the game, getting that 14, six start. I wish they'd have left the red lights on the way they, you know, when they came, when the lights came up, Auburn seemed to fade a little bit in that first half. So, you know, that's just, it's embarrassing if you're, you know, somebody that's affiliated with Alabama athletics to have the lights do that. But it's, it's to the discretion of the referee on whether he wants to administer that tech, like they do with uniforms. Um, you know, if there's a uniform malfunction, but I get it, you know, and then for it to happen with a shot clock a few minutes later, I mean, that was just insane. I just haven't seen anything like that before. Yeah. So, all right. Any, uh, any questions, comments uh, as we wrap, uh, as we wrap this off, as we wrap, all of this up. Um, a lot of people talking about fouling on Janai Broom and all that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's, um, once again, like, I, I don't think the rest for why Auburn lost tonight. I'm, I just want to put yeah, yeah, that again. Yeah, yeah. Let's put this in a bow and just be very, very honest and transparent. There were not any outside forces that cost Auburn this game, not the lights, not the shot clock not the officials, none of it. We can talk about it and point it out and not say that's why Auburn lost. So anybody that's in this chat that thinks differently is 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 incorrect. I believe that Auburn lost this game from self-inflicted things. And mm-hmm. and Alabama give them credit the way they shot the basketball in the first half and all those threes they hit. That was the and the way they rebounded the basketball. Auburn turned it over. Auburn didn't extend to the three-point line. They kept – I don't understand the most frustrating thing that happened the last two years is when Auburn continually misses threes, and you could tell it's not your night hitting the three. Why on God's green earth do you keep shooting them? At especially point, with this team, the way this team is this built. Team, it's going away from your strengths. If you cannot hit a three and you're not hitting threes, quit trying to force it and be something you're not on that particular night to prove a point and say, okay, Jalen and Broom, eat. Go eat. And they keep doing it. And it's going to get them beat in a tournament game that they shouldn't lose if they don't get away from that fatal flaw of, I don't care if we're at 15%, I'm going to keep chucking up threes. Adjust and stop shooting the basketball. That and turning it over is why Auburn lost the game, period. That's it. I mean, we things they could control is why they and that and but that's also a reason to not panic and overreact and say, how do they respond? I personally like the DNA and the makeup of this team and how they and, and really feel like they're special. They're gonna do special things. I love this team. I wouldn't trade it for any in the SEC right now. And it'll prove itself out over the course of 18 games. Just a bump in the road, and it's going to happen when you play 33 basketball games. 
if you learn from this and adjust, and I think Auburn will. Mm-hmm. So Auburn and Alabama are the only two five and one teams in the conference. Tennessee four and one, and then South Carolina, Kentucky, and Georgia are all four and two. So Auburn still tied for first. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens moving forward. And, and I think Auburn will go four and one over the next five games. Mississippi State on the road, Vandy at home. You go to Ole Miss. You host Alabama. You go to Florida. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with all of that. Thank you guys for feeling comfortable venting in the live chat. It was mostly calm, so we appreciate all of that. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on? You can follow me on X, DAP6410. You can catch me Friday morning uh, with with you uh, on on this particular show on Locked on Auburn. We'll have a lot of great too. I'm on tomorrow's too, a little short snippet. So uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. So really appreciate the following that me and you have gotten on this. And uh, look, and then Saturday, uh, obviously they play Mississippi State. I will not be on with you Saturday, but uh, another we'll big We'll still game. be live though. We'll still yes. be live. I don't. It may be just me. It may be me with somebody. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like this video and please subscribe. Really helps the channel out a ton. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn.